Are we, we okay? Need, we need to go. We need to go now. What are you talking about? Why are we in the basement? I got locked in the basement and then there was this hidden area. There was this room. There was a, there was a hidden room? Well, there was something bad going on here. Test, test, test. Relax, relax. You're, you're okay. You're safe. You're safe, all right? You're safe. I don't, I don't think I am. Hello everyone and welcome to The Unenthusiastic Critic. I'm Michael McDonough, I write about film and television at unaffiliatedcritic.com. With me today, she can check out anytime she likes, but she can never leave, is my lovely wife Nakia, also known as The Unenthusiastic Critic. Hello. On this week's episode, Nakia and I conclude our 2022 Halloween movie marathon, and this year we're watching movies that neither of us has seen before. Today we're sitting down for our first completely unspoiled viewing of a brand new horror movie, Zack Kreger's Barbarian from 2022. So, Nakia, I don't know about you. I am genuinely unspoiled about this movie. Yes. I was vaguely aware of it when it came out, and I, you know, saw people saying it was good or a good time anyway. Uh, I haven't even read a review of it, and I'm not 100% sure I've even seen a trailer for it. Mm -hmm. I probably have, but I don't, if I did, I don't remember it. But several people have told us that it would be a good viewing experience for us, and that it was best gone into completely unspoiled, if possible. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's what we're doing. I vaguely know it's about someone checking into an Airbnb-type situation, and bad things happen. That's literally all I know. Uh, do you know any more than that? Uh, I don't. I mean, I know there's a Skarsgård in it, so I'm assuming that the Skarsgård <laughs> is the bad guy. But that's because the Skarsgård is always... Skarsgårds are usually the bad. shifty. Yeah, so... Yeah. But that's about it. Okay. So I, I'm looking forward to this, but what this also means is that we have a we have a little time to kill in this episode. Because <laughs> usually, you know, I blather on for a while about the background on the movie. I raid the Wikipedia page for factoids. I quote from reviews, etc. We're not doing any of that this week. We're going into this movie completely cold. Mm -hmm. But the only other impression I've formed about this movie, just from seeing Twitter reactions, is that audiences seem to be taking issue with some of the main character's decisions. Okay. Questioning her decision-making abilities. I did a cursory search on Twitter to confirm this, and here is just a brief, totally random sample of the <laughs> responses. Uh, someone named at Thorn Monkey says, <laughs> Barbarian is another great example of dumb decisions make good horror movies. At Mitchie Reed says, I'm currently watching Barbarian. So many poor decisions are being made. It's astounding. At Ashley Hollaback says, Majority of people in horror movies are idiots, but the girl in Barbarian takes the cake. Good God, girl. And someone named Quadaloo says, just saying, I would have noped out of there the first <laughs> night, but then it wouldn't be a horror film without piss-poor decisions. And so I thought maybe this week we'd take a few minutes to talk about piss-poor decisions in horror movies. Mm -hmm. uh, as these Twitterers suggest, it, it really is kind of a bedrock element of the genre. I mean, I suppose it's possible to have a horror scenario in which no one makes any bad decisions. 
But I think those are the exceptions, not the rule. And honestly, I'd be hard-pressed to think of an example off the top of my head of a horror movie in which, like, everyone just makes good decisions. And, as our regular listeners know, this is one of your big issues with the genre in the first place. (laughs) I think in both horror movies and, oddly enough, romantic comedies, you're always making fun of the decisions people make. Yes. And just, like, you created this situation for yourselves. (laughs) Like, you're making this so much worse than it has to be. And you always maintain that you yourself would make better decisions than the characters in the movies do. I don't know. I wouldn't even say that I would make better decisions. I just wouldn't be in the movie. <laughs> like, I would, before the action or anything even happened, I'd be like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> not not going to Because the question would be, Nakia, do you want to go stay in a cabin in the woods? And i say, oh, no, hell no. <laughs> no. And so there's no, <laughs> I wouldn't even get to the part where the credits start to roll because I would not be there. I actually, I went back through some of our our previous reviews, our previous episodes and things, and it's amazing how much your decision-making comes down to sort of one general theme. Okay. Uh, And I actually found, I'm going to play you a clip of of an example of this that sort of summarizes your position. Um, This is from background here. Uh, Back when we did this as a blog series, so it was in print form... I used to record our conversations Mm -hmm. just so I could transcribe them for the blog. So Mm -hmm. this is actually from one of those. Okay. And it's from a post I'd never even ended up posting. This is when we watched Peter Jackson's Dead Alive. Do you remember this movie? Vaguely. Yeah, I imagine. (laughs) Okay. But the context of the situation is the main character, his mother is a zombie. Mm -hmm. And he has decided to chain her up in the basement and keep her alive down there. Poor decision. Okay. So I want to play you this clip. <laughs> There's no reason that, like, they are just all poor decisions. Why are you trying to keep this this alive? You know what ended it? Fire. When did I say they should have burned that shit, that shit down? When she ate the damn dog. That's when fire should have come into play. It takes too fucking long to get to the fire. Uh, all right. But to be fair, that's your solution to And it's always the best solution. Burn the shit to the ground. When we watched Halloween, your solution was... Burn the house. Burn the house down. Yep. She didn't even know if her friends were alive or dead. That's fine. I don't care. She didn't even know there was a killer. I don't care. You were just like, she should just... I don't care. Oh, it's dark. I should just burn the house down. Yep. Better safe than sorry. They probably had homeowner's insurance. So, yeah, that's what that's what a good decision in a horror movie to you is, is burn everything down, set everything on fire. Yes. I don't know why that's... Because it's I, we wait too long to confirm what we already know. You know that shit is bad. You know that shit's gone bad. So why, why do you need to... I don't... I And again, I fully admit that this is what probably makes me a terrible fan of horror and romantic comedies and musicals, is that I just don't, I fundamentally don't buy into most of the rules of the universe. Because I'm just like, why are we doing this thing? Why is this thing even happening? Probably shouldn't have happened in the first place. You and I enjoy the film The Descent. (laughs) Yes, this this is one I was going to ask you about. That's another one where someone's, oh, do you want to go cave diving? (laughs) No, no, I don't. You want to do brunch? Let's do that. You want to go to a movie? Sure. You want to go to a book? So, like, I just, I'm not going cave diving. Because it's like, even if there are not cannibalistic, pale, blind <laughs> monsters in the caves, 
you're choosing to spend your time in a dark hole in the ground mm-hmm. where threat of collapse, loss of air, all kind of, all of those things. So that even that just how is that fun? That doesn't sound like a good time <laughs> at all. So I just you burn it. <laughs> you, you just have to burn it. Well, that movie is interesting because there is there is a specific moment in that movie where a, a bad decision comes into play. Okay. Because they get down into the cave and the friend, quote unquote, who is supposed to be leading this expedition, mm-hmm. they think this is a... Discovered cave. A already that, discovered yes. cave that there's a map to and yes. stuff. And when they get way down in there and they get lost, she says, oh, by the way... Right. I wanted us to discover and name a damn <laughs> This is cave. an undiscovered cave that no one's ever been in before. We have no way of knowing if there's any way out of it or not. Exactly. Yeah. So you burn her. <laughs> It's just, and again, and so similarly to my feelings about most like heist crime films, it's really important to know your people. Know that you have a friend who would trick you into an undiscovered cave system and not tell you until you were pretty deep in it and already being hunted by <laughs> albino, cannibal, blind cave people. With- withholding important information. Very from critically you. important information. You just made a choice uh-huh. about my fucking life. By the way, you were also fucking my husband, which is what I will also find out later. So that whole, I mean, it's a whole thing happening there. I mean, to be fair, and, you know, spoiler, I think i think the character does kill that character She absolutely eventually, does kill right? her, yes. After everybody <laughs> damn too late dies. for you. Yes. For, too late for your yes. taste. So I'm saying, <laughs> don't, don't go into the cave. Spas are nice. Retreats. Those are great. Okay, so so what I thought we would do today is just run through a few famous horror movies and see if we can identify the bad decisions or see if we can identify the moment at which you yourself would have made a different decision. Again, nine times out of ten is before the credits roll. But okay, <laughs> go ahead. I, that's, that is, again, so I'm admitting that I would not be, I'm not going to be good in the horse because I'm just going to be like, uh, no. Okay, how about The Exorcist? Yeah. So the first time the bitch throws up on me... <laughs> And tells me to, like, go fuck my mom in hell or whatever. No, if you have a child, Mm -hmm. sometimes they're going to throw up on you. Okay. Sometimes they might even get mouthy with you. Burn her. (laughs) Just right then. I'm going to assume it's the devil because the hell you're talking to me like that unless you're possessed. But no, I mean, it would be pretty... That's, that seems very early in the process. Pretty quickly. So before the bed is levitating, before any before of that is happening... Before any of that is happening, uh, she is... We're done. So adorable little Reagan wanders she down the stairs. She wasn't adorable for very long in that and movie. And pees on the carpet. She was, yeah. is, that, is that maybe the moment? That is the moment. Because that's a really odd behavior. <laughs> and so something must be terribly, terribly wrong. So we used to live near a uh, girl's home when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And my mom would always threaten that she was going to take me to the sisters at the girl's home if I ever did anything <laughs> wrong. Oh, okay. That sounds like your mother. Yes. So, like, I'm not saying you have to kill her. I'm just saying, oh, is there a girl's home? Is there somewhere else she could be? Make make her someone else's problem? Until, I mean, they're sisters, so then it would have been quicker access to the priests and shit. So it would have been fine. But, yeah, I just, no, we're not doing that. Okay. So I'll put your ass out. If you're the mom in The Exorcist, you're you're going to give her to send her to a nunnery, yes. basically. And I mean, it seemed like she was young enough still to have more kids. So, <laughs> do over. No. No. And even after An Exorcist, mm. 
imagine that child was still fundamentally fucked up. Like, yeah, the the demon's gone, but like, do you want that kid? That kid. Is oh, so you're saying at the end shit. of the yeah. movie, like that kid has been through some stuff. You, you still don't want the kid. No. no. After you've been through all that, you know how sometimes I think this probably happens more in the like the black community than anywhere else, where they, where we say like that child has been here before, and it's like a kid that just is too cued in to what's what's happens like something so no Mm-mm. get her out of the house get her out of the house okay um so here here's a movie and i think the same theme is going to come up here this is a movie we just rewatched actually poltergeist mm. mm-hmm. right at, at what point in that story do you make a different decision than than the parents did again immediately so that whole scene where he comes home and she's like, I really want to show you something. And she shows him the tricks of the, the chair sliding the across chair the floor. The sliding across the floor. And then the little she girl. She thinks it's great. She's, she's flipping out over and thinks it's like Beth amazing. Williams is like, yes. this is the funnest thing ever. The ghosts are stacking the chairs up on the table. <laughs> and she's like, this is the most amazing thing ever. It feels like something's in you and it's pulling you. I, at that, I would have, at the very latest, that's when I would have said, hey, there's a holiday in. <laughs> How about we go stay there? And, and then you ask your boss, did you move the bodies? <laughs> <laughs> or did you just move? Did you just, or move, did the you headstones? just move the headstones? Okay, we're, we won't be going back there. I mean, it's it's so here. It's very simple. A couple days ago, you and I are walking home from the train. Mm-hmm. You hear a noise, which sort of sounds like a goose, but it's like late at night and it's right in the middle of all oh, these yeah, apartments. That was a weird noise, right? We were like, why the fuck would we be hearing a goose right here? You sort of stop. You like slow down and stop and start to want right, to investigate. I wanted to investigate. Right. I was like, where's that sound? And cut? I that pick sound? up speed. <laughs> Therein lies the difference between the two of us. I don't give a shit. What, that is not my business. We're going to keep moving. So that I feel like that is a perfect crystallization of how I would operate it. It's like, oh, nope. And had I remained there. You would have remained there alone. Uh-huh. And if you heard something bad happen to me. Mm-hmm. What would you would have come back? Nope. To no. check on me? No, no. I perhaps would have called the cops and said, "My my husband was at this address. Some it sounds like something may have happened. You officers may want to go look and check that out." I myself, I am going myself home and locking myself will, in. Well, I would already be home at the point that I'm oh, making that yeah. call. Mm-hmm. I would not oh, be. Oh, okay. Anywhere. So you'd wait till you got home to yeah. make that call. Yeah. No. Nope. Yeah. So yes. Okay. Good. To know. <laughs> How about The Shining? Mm. So this is another one. Okay. It is clear that Mr. Torrance was an abusive asshole husband and father mm-hmm. before they even got to that damn hotel. Right. So I would not have been there with my child. So you, this is another one of those just opt out of the situation. Just, well, opt out of the, I, we would be in divorce proceedings at that point. And he would be going up there to probably stay while the divorce sort of plays out because I would not. <laughs> Let's use this opportunity to spend some time <laughs> so Let's take some time apart, apart while I get an attorney because you hit my kid. So that's sort of how that would have gone out. So again. Let's play the game. Okay, I go to the hotel. Right. Him. Okay. So assuming that somehow you I can talk into the going fact to the overlook. That he's an abusive asshole. Mm-hmm. And I go to the hotel. Yeah. And this is not to minimize how challenging it can, yes, it can be yes, to like yes. okay. move away from abusers. <laughs> or something. Like I'm not trying to be glib about it. But let's say I'm at the overlook. Mm-hmm. Is it the typewriter scene? <laughs> is that the moment? It may be the typewriter scene where I'm at least gonna be like some okay, something is off. Something is wrong. Okay. I think I'm going to go home. You can stay here and write, but I'm taking this weird-ass kid, and I'm going home. So, so I'm a writer, and there's, you know, uh, mornings where you 
you think I'm in here working on my novel and mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so this goes on for months. And then you come in and mm-hmm. you take a peek at my computer and you see... Pages and pages, pages and pages and pages. pages of all work and no play makes Michael a dull mm-hmm. boy. Mm-hmm. What's what's your boom? What's your move then? Well, in this situation, I'm asking you to leave. <laughs> I'm just saying, hey, you right. should probably go because we're, we're not on a mountain, maybe. right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I'd like you to leave. Okay. Yeah. All right, but so let's let's play this out. So in The Shining, at that moment, she discovers that. Mm-hmm. What what is the move? The move is to go. I think at that point I, it has. I'm not, I'm sure, not sure she sure. can leave at that point. See, that's what I don't know. I don't remember if it, at that point it already stormed and they were sort of stuck there or not. Uh-huh. If it has not, got, if the weather hasn't gotten that bad and they can still leave, <laughs> I would say leave. If the, Sled on down the mountain. If the weather has gotten to a point where you can't leave, mm-hmm. murder him. Murder. Okay. So. Yes. Fire. Immediately. Back to fire, maybe. I mean, who the hell is going to care that he's gone? Nobody's looking for him. (laughs) So just kill him and then ride it out. I will say, she does make some smart decisions in that movie. Uh, Okay. At some point, she does arm herself and she's like, I'm going to, like, I will defend myself against you, even though she swings that bat ridiculously. Yeah, she needed it. She needed to. But she ends up up locking him in a freezer, which is good. Like, she's like, okay, we're just going to lock you in the freezer here. Right. So that was a smart decision. It was a good choice. Well, I mean, so we we could, if we wanted to, and we're not going to, catalog the standard bad decisions that turn up in horror movies. Mm -hmm. And one of them is when you have knocked the bad guy out. Right. And you don't finish the job. And you don't finish the job. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, he's unconscious. That's enough. So we're going to leave him there. Yeah. This is, you are of the opinion that, no. You you, double tap. You you, better (laughs) make that motherfucker better not get back up. So do not assume that they will be out for very long because they won't. Don't assume that knocking them out will sort of neutralize the situation. It absolutely won't. You need to kill them. If possible, dismember If possible, cut the body up. (laughs) Because, you know, like Michael Myers, you stab him in the head with a knitting needle, you know he still he's gets back, back up. up, you shoot him, he still gets back up. And I think at this point, people have tried to, like, cut his head off, and he still somehow <laughs> survives. So, I mean, Michael Myers is a whole different thing. It's just like, okay, what the fuck are we even dealing with here? But Torrance, absolutely, you can cut his head off, and he'd be dead. <laughs> that's fine. You're just going to explain that shit later. So, just locking him in the freezers, maybe not. Maybe enough. not enough. So, that's what I'm saying. Like, within, again, we saw her swing the bat. This is not someone that's going to dismember her husband. <laughs> But so for her, yes, that was a smart move. Even Danny makes good decisions because he like does the thing where he like walks backwards in the snow into he, the maze. Yeah, that's right. He tricks, does do that, yeah. Tricks his dad into coming into the maze and that's where he dies. So that was a good decision. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's not. <laughs> okay. Uh, another classic. Rosemary's Baby. Mm-hmm. You are Rosemary Woodhouse. Mm-hmm. At, at what point do you make different decisions? After I realize I fucked the devil. <laughs> That seems like a key point. (laughs) She lets her husband gaslight her, and he's like, oh, yeah, it was rough last night. I mean, that's the thing. Does she really know she fucked the devil? I mean, it seemed like a pretty vivid-ass dream. (laughs) This is no dream. This is really So trust yourself and don't listen to your punk-ass husband who's like, oh, yeah, I was rough. Because, again, like he obviously has never done that before. He's like, I need need to clip my nails. Yeah, like, what? Legit saw the devil on top of me. So that's probably the moment when I would have. I think that's a good moment. Because here's the thing. Even if she didn't fuck the devil, Uh even if it was her husband, she wakes up. Not knowing what the hell happened. And she's like, did we have sex last night? And he's like, oh, yeah, 
you know. So in this, you were out of it. Worst case, you <laughs> fucked the devil. Right. Best case scenario, your husband fucking assaulted your ass while right. you were unconscious. While you were unconscious. So either way, <laughs> you need to be getting to get up out, out of that con- that that whole situation there. Although either way, she's still pregnant at this point. She is, and technology so I'm not sure at that, that time gets you yeah. out of yeah. the horror movie. Well, you know what? Sometimes. <laughs> Being a single mother is better, even if your child is the antichrist. Is the antichrist? Do that shit by yourself. You can teach them values. Find your community. You don't need this this bullshit idea about the nuclear family. No, takes a village. No, just do that by yourself. All right. Uh, the other one I was going to ask you about, and I, I actually know your answer to this because mm-hmm. we, we did this one for the blog. Uh, the thing. Yes. There are several points I think at which you would break with with the story here. First of all, as you said, you would not be there. I would not you be would in Antarctica not be within a thousand miles of remote that place. ass research. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I'm not doing that. There is no amount of money that you would take a contract Mm-mm. to go work in Antarctica. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> Wouldn't be there. Would not be there. But if I did have to be there, I think McCready handles it well. That is actually a movie. That's when I was trying to think of movies where people make pretty good he decisions. He makes decent decisions. They don't have a lot of options. Right. Right. Alien is another one where it's like, yes. okay, you don't you don't have a lot of options. You're dealing with what you're dealing and with. And if they here. had listened to Ripley, it probably it could have ended right. up differently. They didn't right. listen to Ripley. McCready absolutely comes off like a paranoid lunatic. <laughs> but it's the best decision uh-huh. in that situation. So it's like, okay, yeah, now we got to test everybody's blood. The challenge is you've tied them all together. <laughs> and when one of them does end up to be the gross alien that then splurts out all the shit all over the places like that. You're all stuck great. together right. in like, the that's same That's not room. great. Right. But he looks good doing it. The right. hair is amazing. Um, <laughs> so I am actually, I think McCready, it's pretty good. Well, but your your approach to that situation was somebody here is fucked up. Burn it all. I know it's not me. Burn them. So I'm going to kill everybody yes. else. Yes. Burn them all. Right. So if you were McCready and you had the flamethrower. Light that whole shit up. Light everybody else it's up. A, whether a, they're infected or not. I like, don't care. <laughs> I don't care. At this point, rules of society don't. Like, we're, I don't know. Nope. No. <laughs> everybody has to die. I'm sorry. And the problem is, we still haven't learned the lessons from movies like that. Don't go digging shit up from, like... Thousands of don't do that. Well, this is what maybe we should we should have just tried to catalog some of the bad decisions that happen over and over again in these movies. Like right? even now, they're still that's one up, of them. Like, don't dig up the shit. Random sarcophagi from. Like, so why are you doing that? <laughs> f- to what end? Mm-hmm. You're absolutely bringing about. You hear news reports in real life of like scientists have spliced DNA of this thing Terrible with this idea. thing. It's like no, don't do that. Terrible that's idea. a that's a bad idea. We found this thing, and now there's this virus that's been unleashed that hasn't been in the world for thousands of years, and right. now it's here. It's like, why, why are you doing that? Here, here's a good rule that would, you know, a good 18 to 20% of horror movies would stop. Don't read the Latin. Don't read the Latin. <laughs> Never read You find read some, the Latin. a book with, in Latin. Don't read the Latin out loud. The only reason Latin is ever written down is to summon a demon. <laughs> Don't read the Latin. Don't dig it up. This is also probably why I am not a scientist, because I would be like, oh, that's not my business. Like, And the whole premise of science is, it's my business. I need to explore. I need to investigate. I want to dig up the thing. I want to explore. And I'm just like, this is not my business. Mm -mm. Nope. Uh, Are there other things like that you can think of that are just general good rules for... I mean, there's the don't dig shit up. The thing, if if you are in the situation, 
attack to kill. Do not walk away and assume that the thing is dead mm-hmm. or incapacitated for any good amount of time. I mean, just trust your instincts. Trust your instincts like when when in you general, know shit is bad, don't just assume it's, it's going to be okay. Probably just bad. Go immediately to worst yeah. case scenario. And if you're wrong, it's just what you just burn some people. <laughs> world is overpopulated anyway. Don't run upstairs. That don't was something we watched recently. I was yeah. yelling at somebody about that. Don't it's go like, upstairs. You know, don't run upstairs. Unless run you are out. prepared to jump out of a window and definitely crack your ankle. Do not <laughs> run upstairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't have sex in places that murderers hang out. Um, <laughs> just like, why? It's not sexy. What were we watching recently? Somebody had... Oh, we watched Anaconda, which was... Yeah, well, I don't had know. Had not why seen we, that in a long time. Because you not... wanted to see, you like, oh, I don't think I've ever seen the whole I ha- thing. I hadn't seen it, and it wasn't great. Terrible movie. <laughs> Terrible movie. To, to be fair, the effects were actually not bad for the time. Yeah, well, they're bad now. They're bad now, but they were not bad for the time. <laughs> yeah, no, the late 90s were a bad transition period for special effects. It's like, we can do this on the computer, but it doesn't look I mean, great. you got the whole inside view of like the snake's throat. It was yeah. very. Anyway, Owen Wilson and the chick go and have sex in the middle of the fucking Amazon <laughs> at night. Yes. So even do. if there isn't a giant snake out there, it's the Amazon. Everything is literally there to kill you. Plants. Like, why would you... Why well, it's not sexy at all. At the very least, you're walking away with a bad rash. That That is that is a fair point. So yeah. don't have sex in places like that. That's just dumb. <laughs> don't do that. I think in general, children are a liability for a number of reasons. They slow you down, and they're just easy vessels for evil. So, don't have children, or, have, or be around, or be children. around them. <laughs> or if you happen to find don't a stray child, them. leave don't, that fucking kid don't take where they the ch- are. Uh-huh. I don't care what the hell's going on. Like, oh, that's sorry for you, dude. Don't go back for the child. Do not if go the child back for the child. Endangered. Yeah, your child's stuck in a TV. That's a bummer, man. Why don't we have kids? Because of this. <laughs> I don't trust those bitches. I don't trust them. I don't trust them at all. In Alien, you said you wouldn't go back for the cat. In Aliens, you said you wouldn't go back for Newt. No, Newt. No. (laughs) Fuck Newt. Leave her in the vents where she was. No. Mm -mm. All of this, you you survive. You'll live longer. (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to go watch Barbarian and, you know, see if you would make different decisions than the character in this movie. Mm. So when we get back, we'll talk about how you I yourself... Mean, if a guard opens the door, walk away. Once you see a guard. Well, as soon as you see a Skarsgård... <laughs> no, thank you. I'm going to go... Excuse me. Let me just ask you. Are you do you happen to be a Skars... Do you have an umlaut in your how name? How many A's are in your name? <laughs> Good. Peace. I'm out. No. No. It's too many fucking vowels. <laughs> what is that? No. Nope. Mark of the Devil. So 666 was like, mm-hmm. Damien's this for the Scars Guards is like 18 A's and umlauts and shit. No, I'm good. Because you can't be anything but evil after living a life where you have to write that name down all the damn time. Scantrons at school where you got to fill out your last name and then do the bubbles. How much fucking time did that take? No, I'd be pissed off too. Call me Skeet. <laughs> probably terribly racist what i'm doing <laughs> absolutely a hate crime but it's against white people i so have it's nothing fine. but respect for what You're are they fine. i don't know scandinavian somewhere see in this Denmark is we should delete this entire <laughs> section because it's totally inappropriate yeah we're not but legit i'm not going to though. legit though if it's a scars guard get the fuck out of there <laughs> they got bodies in their basement 
when we get and they can back. survive the cold at a level that is like see, it's it's just all bad. It's all bad. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Are you done with the scars, guards? <laughs> Very talented family. <laughs> I'm just saying they would survive. In Antarctica, they would be the the thing because they would be able to like fucking survive all the snow for like because years. they're Nordic. Yes, and then <laughs> reanimate later when people come back and fucking kill. Them. It's a whole thing. And like people don't like for real. Watch out for the scars, guard. That's my advice. Let's go watch this movie. <laughs> Oh, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. This is 476 Barbary, right? Yeah, I'm renting this place. No, I booked it a month ago. Are you sure you have the right place? Yeah. What am I supposed to do? Why don't you come inside and we'll call these idiots. Why don't you just crash here? Oh, no. I don't know if you got a great look at this neighborhood, but I don't think you should be out there by yourself. It's dry and there's a lock on the door. By the way, I'm Keith. Tess. You take the bedroom and I'll sleep out here on the couch. During the break, Nikki and I watched Barbarian. And we watched it just like 10 minutes ago. So we haven't had any time to process this. And Nakia is sitting here looking disturbed. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I am. I don't know how I feel about that movie. <laughs> I don't know what part you could be, you know, ambivalent about. I think I enjoyed it. I think I like it. <laughs> okay. But there's a party that's like, I don't know what the fuck I just watched. <laughs> I, uh... See, this is why you need to give me time to process. Because I'm just going to be sort of sitting here like, yeah. But we, we want the unfiltered response. So, before we started recording, I started asking questions that you thought were irrelevant. 
(laughs) (laughs) And yet they're in my brain. Okay, hold on. Let me stop just for a moment because... I mean, we always <laughs> spoil the shit out of the movie, right? That's what We're we do. We're absolutely about to spoil just the shit to out of the Just to make it clear, movie. though, because this is a brand new movie that a lot of people will have not seen yet. Go watch the movie yes. before you listen to this part. This really is a movie you should see. You should see. With un- little information And we possible. went in unspoiled, and I had no idea where this thing was going. And that's part of the enjoyment of it. It is. It may be the entirety it of the It may be the entirety of the enjoyment. Of is you're just going like, what the fuck is this movie the whole time? <laughs> Okay, so fair warning, now's the time to stop the podcast, right. go watch the movie. Spoilers begin now. Number one. <laughs> My first question that I said out loud that you somehow thought was not a good question was, there are at least two TVs, like 40 feet under the ground, that have been in operation for decades. How? Is it just connected to the house's electricity? How is this your first question? Because it's a fucking question. How is this the most important question? She's like, how how are those TVs still working? I had, in college, one of those, like, box TVs that eventually broke down because the technology just becomes obsolete. Like, it just doesn't run anymore. You then have to buy the thin TV because you can't have the big TVs anymore. These bitches been down underground. With a breastfeeding video on loop for 40 years. How is that not a viable question? How, how is that tape not worn out? How is that tape not worn out? Do they have a, a VCR cleaner what, tape how, that they run every once in a while? How does that work? Very old technology. Still in operation underground. Question number one. The second question I asked was... Does the evolution of man happen that quickly? I guess devolution, actually, of man happen that quickly within 40 years. So I get it. I mean, that's a more valid question. So babies was having babies with the babies and the babies right. had the babies with the babies until you get this fucked up genetic. And my, my understanding, this was just one of those babies right. that was raised right. in the dungeon Right, that was raised area. in the dungeon, so, right. yes, Inbred she's a babies. little feral. Okay, but it's only been 40 years. Yeah, uh-huh. So, okay, let, let's, let's say that siblings <laughs> having sex with each other over 40 years will get you a baby that is challenged (laughs) sure this this baby has been raised and grown up entirely again underground in the dark watching breastfeeding videos (laughs) the teeth are fucked up the hair is the pendulous breast um and yet has the strength of hulk (laughs) i would think i didn't see no refrigeration down there They're drinking hairy milk. (laughs) How are you getting the nutrition and the sunlight that you need to develop the strength to rip somebody's arm off and beat them with it? That requires a development of musculature and all kinds of shit that I don't know how that's happening underground. I don't get it. Because, again, you're already operating with an infant that is going to be compromised in some way because it is the spawn of generations of brothers and sisters. And yet this baby is a fucking amazing feat of human strength. She doesn't look great, but she's very strong. So that was question number two. I just, in 40, I just need somebody to map out genetically, like, how how that works. It's a whole thing. Question number three. My understanding of the Airbnb business is that it is reliant on ratings. Who is rating this property? If no one makes it out of that building alive, who's rating that property? Because I wouldn't reserve someplace that didn't have any fucking ratings. <laughs> Bathroom was super clean. 
great space, great neighborhood. Anybody that made it out of there would not have said this is a great place to stay. Even if they didn't run into... Even if they didn't go into the basement. Big Titty Monster. Uh-huh. They were like, oh, but yeah, this is a house in the middle <laughs> so of fucking really shitty nowhere. <laughs> right? So how, who's... How, who? I mean, you know, it's probably affordable. Is, you know, below market rate. Uh-huh. It's a good deal. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So those were my three questions. I mean, there was the complimentary bottle of wine. So that's sure. you're gonna that's sure. gonna get you at least a star rating there. It will absolutely a, not a complimentary it will absolutely not. on the counter. So those those were my questions. Those, those are your your only questions. Well, no, not my only questions. At <laughs> by any like stretch, there were a lot of questions of that the could imagination come, that could come out of this movie. I so here's the thing. <laughs> when she came in to feed them with the hairy nipple bottle, <laughs> and then was like, "Okay, you're not gonna take to the bottle. You're about to take to this titty." <laughs> And then stroked his nose in the way that you soothe babies. <laughs> and then booped his yeah. fucking nose. Give him a little boop. Boop. <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm watching. I'm, at this point, I, I have no idea what I am watching. <laughs> fucking fascinated. <laughs> so, I, I don't, I am, I don't know how coherent this conversation about because i don't i haven't yeah, I, i'm guessing it's not i be have not put together what i just watched so again anyone who's listening to this without <laughs> having watched this movie <laughs> is like we just watched the movie and we're already lost mm-hmm. anyone listening to this without watching the movie there's no hope oh there's no yeah. abandon all hope it's you enter now insane so but i think i liked it <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't dull. It was not dull. And it was not predictable. It w- and I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. <laughs> it was, I, it was. I mean, honestly, the last movie we watched that we had this reaction to, and it was just like last year or so, was Malignant. Yes, that was another like, what the fuck did <laughs> right? I sit here and, the, watch? and it's another one where yeah. it's like, I don't know where this is going. Yeah. And then when it, when it went where it was going, it was like, I but that one I, I feel like was a little was I feel like that one was much more straightforward. But this one was less 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 predictable. predictable. <laughs> yes, it took all the like cliches of horror, and every time you thought it was going one way, it was like whoop whoop, veer over here, and you're just like, what the fuck? Okay, well, so let's. That's why I think it is worth going through this a little bit chronologically. I think we can go through it in acts. I mean, there are because right? act distinct, one, yeah. it's like I expected. Okay, that's what this movie yes. is going to be. You yes. thought you totally knew where this movie was going. So let's just talk about act one. To start with. Okay. I owe... You owe... <laughs> the Skarsgård family. and the entire Skarsgård extended family. The entire Skarsgård <laughs> diaspora. I a huge them. apology. A huge... On two fronts that we apology. have identified so far. So let's start with the second. Okay. Credits roll at the end. <laughs> <laughs> and I see... Is it Bill? Is that a person? This is Bill, yeah. I see Bill Skarsgård's name pop up on the screen. I was like, oh, there's only two A's. <laughs> <laughs> and I had spent like 15 fucking minutes on him having 19 vowels. About him having a whole, too many fucking vowels. <laughs> I actually have more vowels in my first name. Yes, you do. Than Bill has in his yeah. last name. So I, that was my bad. <laughs> But when you say Skarsgård, I think in your head... You, you do. You, you, there's like you, two or three you A's You see a lot a of A's. There. Like, it's a lot yeah. of A's. So, I mean, I'm half apologizing for that. <laughs> and then, obviously, the biggest apology I owe is that Bill was actually not <laughs> the perpetrator in this film. 
He was creepy but, but as shit. But that's the thing. The, the whole first act yes. is set up to make you think make, yes. that's where it's going. Yes. So I apologize to the Scars guards. <laughs> so this, so Tess, she's in, she's in Detroit for, well, skip very quickly through plot. Yes. In Detroit for a job interview. She's booked this Airbnb mm-hmm. type. I don't think they call it Airbnb, probably for copyright reasons, but. I think she does say Airbnb, does she? She says, I booked through Airbnb, I thought, and he booked uh, through something else. Oh, maybe. I okay. Think so. Uh, this is Georgina Campbell. So she shows up and Skarsgård's already in yeah. occupancy. So it's a dark and rainy night. Yeah. She gets to the Airbnb. She looks for the keys in the lockbox. The keys are not there. She calls the agent and obviously the agent isn't answering. So she leaves a message. She goes back to her car. She sees a light go on in the house. So she goes and rings the doorbell and Skarsgård answers. Right. And she's like, hey, this is my Airbnb. Right. And he's like, well, no, I booked it on like we something away or whatever the hell platform he used. So he's like, well, why don't you come on in? It's raining. So they double booked it. Yeah. Supposedly. Let's figure this out. She is very cautious, I will say. She's actually, she's very on her shit. Yes, she is. She goes in. Well, this is where we think she's making good decisions. Right. Because she's being very careful. She's being very careful. She's like, I want to use the bathroom. You need to pull up your reservation so that I can see that you actually booked this Airbnb. She comes back. He shows it to her. The whole time, he's not doing anything overtly threatening, but he's a threatening presence just by being a man- Right, which they discuss a yes, little later. They that do, fact. and he's very aware of that too. Right. Like he keeps offering her stuff to drink, but then he says, oh, "I know I you know didn't you, drink the tea. You may not want to see me make the tea. Right, so I, you, I was going to offer you wine, but I want you to see me open the bottle of wine. <laughs> so you don't so think you I put anything in the wine, right? So they're very conscious of the dynamics. But he's be, but in the way that he's being like <clears throat> overly yes. demonstrative he's of like sus- I'm he's suspiciously. Safe, it feels like a setup, and, yes. and even when she's like. Going, she's like, okay, well, I'm going to try to find a hotel room for the evening. Yeah. She makes one phone call to one hotel, and they're booked. And then he says, oh, well, yeah, there's a convention in town, so you're probably not going to find a room. Yeah, why don't you just stay here? That sounds fake, right? Yeah. Like, that's mm-hmm. an immediate, like, oh, yeah. no, you're a fucking liar. And flag, she doesn't flag, call flag. anybody else, or at least we don't yeah. see her call any other places. She just sort of takes his word for it, which I'm like, oh, dumb bitch. So he's like, okay, you take the bedroom. I'll sleep on the couch. End of the evening, he's like, okay, let's just have some wine. At first, she refuses, but then he. it turns out that he is actually very familiar with the documentarian that she's coming to interview with and familiar with the films and is actually a musician yeah. who is connected to the universe of people for the next film, and it's this whole thing, and it's a... This so then this this turns into a date. Yeah, it's like a little romantic And this is what we moment. talked earlier, like horror movies, romantic comedies, mm-hmm. the dynamics are very... This could have been the setup a for little a romantic... A little cute, yeah. Yes, yes, romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. Then she's drinking the wine, and... She's drinking the wine, she's getting super comfortable, and they have this whole conversation about how she was dating this toxic man, and the difficulties of, like, being a woman... And can't and not being able to make mistakes in the same way that men make mistakes. Right. And she was like, if it was if the revolt or the roles had been reversed and I was here and you came, I would not have let you in right. because you just would have barged in and like taken over everything right. and I would have been in danger. And he's like, Yeah, I'm not. and so totally doing the college undergrad <laughs> sensitive dude thing yeah. that I don't trust. Right. I never trust that. But again, I But the movie knows that you don't trust right. like the movie is totally setting us up to think, to think he's, he's gonna he's turn going out to, to be a psychopath. Yes. So they go to bed. She goes into the bedroom. She closes the door. I don't remember her locking the door. No, I don't think she did. So she gets on it. She falls asleep. At some point in the evening, she hears the door sort of creak open. So she looks and the door is open and she can sort of see that he's still asleep on the couch, but he is like having some sort of nightmare or something like sort of crying out in his sleep. She gets up. Mistake number one. 
walks out of the bedroom. Questionable decision number one. To go and like check on him. Whereas I would have been like, let me just close and lock this door. If you're having a nightmare, that's not you're a grown ass man. And she wakes him up, which I don't think you're supposed to do really. And it's like, hey, you were having like a nightmare or something. And he's like, well, you scared the shit out of me. Blah, blah, blah. blah. And they have this whole little moment. And she's like, did you open my door? And he's like, no, I would like, I wouldn't do that. And so she goes back to bed. We wake up the next morning. He's gone. She goes to her interview. So she meets with this director, the documentarian. And at the end of the interview, the documentarian woman is like, oh, well, where are you staying? And she's like, I'm staying in the Brightmoor neighborhood. Pause here. <laughs> My organization actually does a lot of work with early childhood education providers in Brightmoor. Like we're, all, we're trying to mm-hmm. improve quality facilities of early childhood education centers in Brightmoor. And so it was a weird little moment of like, oh, shit, is that what Brightmoor looks like? Yeah. <laughs> Right, because we didn't mention she wakes up. We didn't when she came in the night before. We didn't really right. see the neighborhood. It was right. totally dark. Yes, she gets up in the morning and she goes out for a job interview. We see the neighborhood and it is uh, dilapidated, dilapidated to say the least. Like all the houses are boarded up or falling or down nearly or, falling down, covered in graffiti. Right. Like it's literally it's, the only house on the block yeah. that is seemingly habitable. So. The documentarian, who is a white woman, has an immediate reaction of like, what the fuck? You should not be living in that, saying in that neighborhood. It's not safe. And she seems to question the idea that there would even be an Airbnb in that neighborhood. She's like, no, that doesn't sound right. And my instinct is to be like, oh, the white woman is just scared of black neighborhoods. (laughs) Right. Which may also be true. Which may also be true, but turns out she's also a little bit right. So she comes comes back to the Airbnb. And as she's getting out of her car and coming up to the door, we see this... What seems to be a unhoused gentleman <laughs> running up towards her and screaming, hey, little girl, come out of that house. Don't go in that house. Yeah. She receives it as someone chasing after her, someone trying to attack her. her. Right. And like hurries into the house and locks herself in. We Only were, later do we realize this is a classic horror movie figure. Yes. The, the harbinger. harbinger. Don't go into that house. <laughs> Let's remember that. So she goes, she calls the cops and is like, hey, someone was chasing after me. And the cops are like, are they still there? No. Okay, then get the fuck off our phone. We don't so, have any, <laughs> anyone to send like, out. We're not. Cops in these movies are always useless. These cops are particularly, particularly useless. useless. Yes. Which later in the we'll film. We'll get back to yeah, that. Yeah, right. that's, yeah. Okay. So now she's back in the house. Skarsgård's still not the, back from wherever he went, but he left her a nice note of like, hey, last right. night was really nice, you know, whatever. She goes to the bathroom. No toilet paper. Looks all around the house for toilet paper. Can't find any toilet paper. She thinks, oh, here's a door that leads to a basement. Maybe there's toilet paper in the basement. Uh-huh. My first move would have been, oh, I need to go to a Walgreens. Because <laughs> I'm not. Where, how close do you think the nearest Walgreens I don't. Was? I would go to Grand Rapids <laughs> for toilet paper before I went into that basement with no one there with me at that time. She's right, though. She finds toilet paper There is there. toilet paper down there. Unfortunately, the door at the top of the stairs swings shut and Every locks time. behind her. Yes. So she left her phone upstairs. The keys to the Airbnb are in her pocket. So even if Skarsgård came home, he couldn't get in because she has the keys. So she's just sort of sitting there in the basement for a while. She starts looking around and there is a rope sort of threaded through a hole in the wall. Sure. Like, like you find. She pulls on that rope <laughs> and it opens this like secret passageway. Into the basement. Uh-huh. Why would you pull on the rope? Because it's a rope. You want to pull on it. Nope. You find out what it's connected no, to. No, because there should never be a rope threaded through a hole in the wall of the basement. Like, I don't want to. That's not. Mm-mm. And then once you open that door, you pretty much got to go inside and find out what's there. Except the one thing that she did <laughs> that would have been what I did was she opens it. It's a dark-ass passageway that she can't see down. She yeah. goes, nope. 
<laughs> and walks up and sits back on the uh-huh. stairs. Had she left it there. She might have been all right. Mm-hmm. She doesn't. No. She goes to investigate down the passageway. Comes across a room out of the Saw movies. <laughs> with a heavily soiled mattress. Yeah. What seems to be a shit bucket <laughs> and a uh, video, video recorder. Camera. camera. And a couple of bloody handprints Bloody handprints on the wall. On the wall. It's a rape and torture room. So, yeah. Goes back... And I think she hear does she hear Skarsgård come I think home? that's about when Skarsgård comes back, right? Gets her out of the basement, and she's full-on freaking out, like, there's Let's a torture, we yeah, gotta we gotta here. get out of here, there's a fucking torture room down there, and he's like, okay, well, wait, tell me exactly what you saw. And she says, bucket, bed, video camera. And he's like, why are we scared of a bucket, a bed, and a video camera? Yeah. And she is like, no, 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 you don't understand, it's, it's really a fright, something is very, very wrong, we need to go. Smartly grabs her shit and starts to head for the door. He becomes even more of a threat. And now, I'm, and we're thinking, oh, it's definitely him because he's not letting her leave. Right. He's physically blocking he's like, Let her. Let me go look. You wait here. Yeah. Because I just need to see what you saw so that I can then believe you. Yeah. And we can go leave together. So here's where we say the man doesn't actually have to be violent. He doesn't have to be the perpetrator to fucking ruin your life. <laughs> he can also just be a gaslighty asshole who doesn't believe you when you say, yeah, I just saw some fucked up shit downstairs. I'm getting the hell up out of here. The other side of that is then she actually waits around for his ass to go investigate. Yes, she does. Which I think I, at the time you said out loud, I'm not. Who the fuck is this? Right. I don't. Like you don't even know this guy. You go do that. I'm going to get in my car and get the fuck up out of here. Yeah. She does not do that. No, she doesn't. Scarscars goes down the stairs. Yeah. And he's down there a really long time. Oh, long time. And she's like, Keith? <laughs> Keith, are you there? I don't, who? Fuck Keith. Get the hell up out of there. She goes back down the stairs. Smartly props the door open this time at least. Yeah. So that she can get back out of the, the basement. Goes down the stairs. Goes to the, the fucking saw interrogation room. Doesn't see him. Somehow reason looks under the bed as if he would be hiding under the bed. Which is <laughs> like she does a whole lot of shit that I'm just like why are you not under the bed. Realizes that there's a second doorway in this. Right. Well, she was looking under the bed because right. it didn't seem like there was anywhere else he could have gone. Right. It was. Right. I would not. Have, I would have looked in the room like, oh, he's not here. Okay. <laughs> Guess he evaporated. <laughs> <laughs> That's no longer my problem. Uh, and so she finds that there's actually another door that leads to an even creepier as basement. <laughs> we Darker. Basements longer. on basements on basements here. Uh, I think does that does that one lead right to the stairs like that go straight down, down like to the stairs that go down like it's just like a fucking it's, dirt it's, hole. It's the pit into with hell, stairs. basically. Exactly. Keith, and then we hear him call out and say, "Help! I need help!" Blah blah blah. Yeah. Again, I would have like, I'm gonna go upstairs and get my phone, uh-huh. and left. Yeah. She chooses not to. No, she has to go and see if Keith is okay. She she goes down, and again, we are assuming at this point what? that he's trying to trap her. That he is trying to trick her into the. Right, and he's going to jump out and do some shady shit. Yes. So we're in the sub-sub basement. (laughs) We pass what legally would be called dog crates, but are absolutely used to hold human beings with dog bowls in them. We go through several iron gates. A lot of iron gates. In this rough-hewn, like, underground railroad era. coal mine shit. Like, it's who the fuck dug this shit out, and how long did that take? And then all of a sudden we see Keith, uh, sort of, excuse me, Keith is Skarsgård. We see Skarsgård crawling on the ground saying, oh my God, help me, help me, help me. Something bit me. <laughs> There's something else down here, he says. 
And then they start to argue over which way to go. She wants to go back the way that she came. Yeah. And he's saying, no, something bit me over there. We need to go this other way. Enter <laughs> Big Titty Monster. Like, from fucking nowhere. And slams his head against the wall repeatedly. Large, naked, floppy-titted woman? Sure. And Tess is just standing there watch her... <laughs> Well, she's a little sh- surprised. Nope. She's a little shocked. You see Big Titty Monster, you run. <laughs> I, like, sorry, Scarscar, that's on you, bro. So. Wait, I gotta write this down. What do you do? Will you see. Big Titty Monster. Big Titty Monster you equals. Run. 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 Get the okay. fuck out. Got it. Something has gone wrong. <laughs> but she stands there, she's just watching. Yeah. Cut. Cut. Like, we're just fucking done that's, with that's that section. That, that's and, the end of Act So that's here. part of this movie is like the whiplash. You go through, like, what, what? Where do we just go? And now we're in sunny California with Apple Dude driving his convertible down a highway singing something about Ricky Ticky Tabby. <laughs> what the fuck song was that? I don't know. It sounds like a song you would like. You like those bullshit ass like gimmicky songs. Like know. the one about the cafe I don't know. and I don't know how this became about me. Alice's and shit. It's like a whole story. It's like, can you just sing a song? Can there be a beat? Can we just enjoy the music? <laughs> we gotta be in Alice's restaurant? Okay. So this is what I guess we call Act Two. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that's that cut mm-hmm. is the the first genuine whiplash of the movie because yes. it's like you we expected the story to continue from there. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, wasn't expecting big titty monster mm-hmm. <laughs> that came out of nowhere, but it's like okay, now we're gonna be in the dungeon. We're gonna no, we're total totally somewhere else. somewhere else, totally in Sun another is movie. Shining. All of a sudden, Apple guys riding in a convertible. <laughs> This is Singing Justin Long. Ricky Ticky Tabby. <laughs> and then he gets a call. Yeah. From I'm assuming his agents or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. And they're like, hey, uh AJ, I think his name AJ, is. AJ, he's obviously an actor. Right. Something happened. <laughs> Need to talk to you. Turns out he was either, I guess, directing or acting in a pilot. Yeah. And his co star or actor or someone someone on that set has accused, accused him, him of rape. Of rape, right. And it sounds like it is pretty serious. Yeah. Serious enough that they basically say, hey, you're not on you're the not pilot You're not on the pilot anymore, anymore. so much. So now we've gone to like a Me Too film. Right. That appears to have nothing to do, do with the rest of the movie. anything that we've just watched. Right. We don't know how much time has passed. Like no. we, just, we have no idea what's happening. So he's he's talking to his wealth manager, and his wealth manager is looking at his shit, and he's like, yeah, dude, like, the money it's going to cost to fight right. the accusations and then do, like, a... You're obviously not having any any more money no coming more money in because you're not getting a job ever You're going to need to liquidate some assets. Yeah. The mortgage on your house, and I'm assuming they're in California, is ridiculous. And he's like, well, I have the properties in Detroit. Right. And that's where we go, oh. Okay, so now, our, now we know the connection. He owns... He owns the, the Airbnb. shitty-ass... <laughs> Airbnb house <laughs> in Detroit. So he goes to Detroit to sort of get it set up so that he can sell the property. Note that his wealth manager was like, yeah, ain't nobody buying in Detroit. <laughs> 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 that's, not, that's probably not going to happen. And knowing what we know of the neighborhood, he was absolutely not about to sell that house. No. Like, it wasn't going to happen. Uh, so he goes to Detroit, and we see him. He gets to the Airbnb, and Keith's Skarsgård stuff and Tess's stuff are still is still all in the Airbnb. Right. Like, their luggage and... All of their belongings, and he's and he's responding to it like they just left his Airbnb a mess. Yeah, he's not thinking at that point that anything is sort of off. He calls the the sort of company that manages the property, and she's like, "Well, they checked out a couple weeks ago, so now we know it's been like a couple weeks, right? That they've been somewhere because <laughs> we are not anywhere with them." He goes out 
drinking with what seems like a local friend of his and basically has like the most fucking disgusting conversation, bro-y conversation that I've yeah. ever heard. He's like, dude, just between us, what happened? With what that really chick? happened with this chick? We've heard the stories. What what really happened? She took some convincing. Yeah. I'm persistent. I have the eye of the tiger. And then she came around. Yeah. He's like, did she say no? And he's like, at first. At first. Yeah. But then she got really into it. Yeah. You're so ba- a rapist, So dude. basically he confesses You're to rapist. the rape right there. Gets drunk, comes home, calls her against the <laughs> advice of his attorneys. <laughs> and apologizes. Sorry. People can have different versions of the same thing. Yeah. So we have now established, if we didn't know before, this man is a piece of shit. And so... Okay, got it. Um, Which means, in in horror movie trope language, it means we're anticipating... A comeuppance for him. A comeuppance yes, for him. Yes, he will get what he later, deserves. Yes. Later in the movie that we're going to enjoy. Yes. <laughs> and he becomes... Because he deserves... He's the person in the movie so far that deserves... To die. ...whatever yes. is, is coming. Absolutely. And he pretty much serves as, like, the... If there's any sort of comic relief in this film... Sure, I it's, guess. Yeah. It's sort of his aspect of it. So, at some point, he realizes that, like, something's off with the basement. I can't remember why he goes down there. And he grabs a knife from the kitchen. <laughs> which little... is funny because it's, like, those shitty, not actual cutlery that they put in Airbnb so that you have yeah, stuff to, like, like, eat with. But it's, dull like, little steak knife. not a butcher knife at all. Uh, and he goes downstairs and he finds the first sub-basement. Because yeah. he pulls on the rope and it opens the secret passageway. He's like, what the fuck is this? Goes and sees the Saw murder death room. <laughs> Comes back upstairs and Googles, can I count this in my square footage? (laughs) Totally oblivious to anything creepy about that. No. He just just wants to know if he can make a little more money out of it. So that he can can sell this damn house. Yeah. So then we have this whole montage of him with a damn tape measure. (laughs) Measuring. Measuring. The tunnel of doom. The fucking rape room (laughs) and all this other shit. He finds the sub 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 basement, sub, sub, and he's like, basement. "Oh, more square footage." Just like no paper and pen. <laughs> like, are you writing down the damn measurements? He's got a good head for figures, maybe. I Passes don't know. the fucking dog slash people crates, <laughs> and is like, "I'm mm, just gonna keep measuring." You have no questions about how all of this is underneath your property and why and who did it and for what purpose. No, it's just extra square footage yeah. that you're gonna put on the posting. Got it. Comes to a room with, and again, I'm like, how? Quite beautiful, purpley ambient lighting. <laughs> it's like bedding on the floor. It could almost be a Prince video if you like squint it hard enough. Okay. And we see the TV. Little, and Little TV VCR combo. And it's playing a video of a woman basically like providing breastfeeding, breastfeeding instruction, instructions, right. like how you yeah. get a baby to latch on and all this. Stuff. And yeah. so, because that's what we're expecting to find here. That's another like, what the fuck <laughs> are we watching? And at this point, I had completely forgotten about the big titty monster. <laughs> how could you forget? I about, totally forgot about her. How could you forgotten about the big titty I, monster? Because we were in a totally different universe all of a sudden, and then and now we're back. And so, big titty monster comes up again, chases him through deeper into the tunnel. Yeah. He, like, falls into this pit, and Tess is there. Yes. So she's apparently been here this whole time. And she's like, shh, you have to be quiet. If you freak out, she's going to freak out. Just keep calm. Cut! Cut! (laughs) (laughs) Now we're somewhere else. So now we are in a totally different time. We're in a whole different aspect ratio. Totally different aspect ratio, which reminded me of when um, Troy goes down south. 
in the movie Crooklyn. Uh-huh. Spike Lee switches to a totally different ratio when she's down south. And uh-huh. it's it's such an effective tool. And, and I don't think people actually use it a lot, which is good because it, it doesn't get overused. But it, like, warps the yeah. way you're looking at the world in a really interesting way. Um, which then reminded me that Queenie the dog dies in a pullout couch. And I had a whole, like, my brain went somewhere <laughs> else for a little bit. So if you haven't seen Crooklyn, none of that made sense to you. But that's where I went. I was like, okay, come back to this. So we see a guy walk out of the house. I don't. I didn't immediately put together that that was the house in the past. Right. But right. he gets in the car, he turns on the radio, and there's a news piece about Reagan. And so, okay, yeah. now, okay, so we're now in right. the 80s. Because it's all pristine, green grass suburbs. Sort of candy-colored, perfectly manicured neighborhood. Bunch of, you know, middle-class white people. It's lovely. Watering their lawns. But this dude is immediately creepy. He goes to the... This, this is Frank. We will, we will know yes. this guy is Frank. So Frank goes to, like, some supermarket and is like, where do you keep your um, plastic sheets and diapers and some other <laughs> he stuff? wants to buy plastic sheets and diapers. And a very helpful worker there is like, oh, you know, what are you, are you having a baby? He's like, not yet. <laughs> it's a weird answer. <laughs> and so he packs up all shit, puts it in his car, and then we see him watch a woman from across the street get into her car. Yeah, he's and stalking, stalking her. And he follows her home. He then puts on a, like, service uh, uniform and knocks on her door and is like, I'm from the, it sounds like, like the DWP, utility company. Right. And um, says, can I check all your shit? Yeah. She lets him in. Because, of course, he goes to the bathroom and unlocks the bathroom door, which we assume he the, will later the bathroom use. bathroom window, Excuse right. me, bathroom window, which he will later use to, like, come in and... Abduct her, abduct presumably. Her. Okay. We don't know, because we get another cut, cut. Right there. <laughs> back to the present. Now we are back. Basically, backstory-wise, that's all we get. That's all you For get. the entire movie. Is that something... Like, whatever explanation for everything that's going on in the sub-basements of this house... That's... It started got, there. It started with creepy Frank buying plastic sheets... And following women. And following So something women. ain't right happening yeah. up in that house. And we, we see him go home, and he opens the basement door, and we hear a, sc- a woman screaming. Yes. So he's, he, yeah. he's, at this point, been keeping women down. Right. So cut. Now we're back to AJ and Tess. And Tess. Who are in, still in the pit. <laughs> this whole sequence is the most, like, who the fuck even thought? So Big T Monster comes... <laughs> And through the, like, so so there's a grate on top of the pit. She, like, takes her arm, puts her arm in between, like, the openings of the grate with a, and she, so she's putting a bottle down there. Yeah, like a baby bottle. It is the most disgusting, (laughs) fucked up, grody baby bottle you've ever seen. Because there's, like, hair on the teat part. It's like, who the fuck? Did you skin somebody's damn titty to make this damn bottle? Like, what was that? And she's trying to feed AJ. And AJ's like, what the fuck? I'm not drinking from that. And Tessa's like, drink it. Drink it. You're her baby. You're her baby. Drink (laughs) it. She just wants you to be her baby. <laughs> Tess has been alive in this pen for two weeks two now. Weeks. So that's you know, all it takes is... for you to be like, okay, got it. That's my role. Okay. He refuses the bottle. Tess drinks from it, and it's it is really gross. It is disgusting because like, where's that milk coming from? How long has it that... been down there? Question again. Saw no refrigeration. So. Big Titty Monster been titty lactating monster. this entire time, do you think? You said her, her milk? That's a long time to lactate. Mm-hmm. And then that's not... There's no refrigeration. <laughs> and her titty milk can't be good. Like, she's fucking... Her shit's fucked up. That is not good titty milk. So many questions. Okay. So she opens the grate because she get pissed at AJ because AJ's not taken to the bottle, right. which is a common difficulty for many women. Um... <laughs> Jumps down into the into the pit. Drags his ass out. Well, first she cuddles Tess. Oh yeah, she does. That's and right. like strokes her, and then she takes AJ. Tess is the good baby. D- Tess is a very well behaved baby. 
drags AJ out and is like, okay, you're not going to take the bottle. You're about to take this titty. <laughs> Takes him back to the prince dungeon. To the, to the nursing room. With the video. And he's fussy. So she has to soothe him. And the video says, if you take a couple fingers and you rub your baby's bridge of the nose and then boop them on the nose, they will calm down. This fucking disgusting looking big ass titty monster strokes this grown ass man's nose with her gnarled fingers and boops him on the nose. What? I I don't know how to, am I scared of her? Am I empathetic with her? Do I want her to be my fucking mom? Like she's very caring. She is very caring. I never got booped on the nose. Can somebody soothe my ass? I got anxiety. So like I'm con- I'm conflicted. And then she's like, "Okay, now you're about to take the titty." Now you're taking the titty. And is like force feeding him as he's choking <laughs> on this hairy, gross, gnarly titty. And Tess is like, "Good time for me to get the fuck up out of here." <laughs> so Tess sneaks past the room unsuccessfully because she ends up tripping over the tape measure measure that AJ AJ left behind. Big Titty Monster hears her, but she's able to actually get out and escape through the basement window. Yeah. Barely. So Tess is out of the house now. She is grabbed by the unhoused gentleman that we had seen earlier. Yeah. We now know he's a black man. Yeah. That's an important point. So he says... His name apparently is Andre. Okay. She's like, oh my God, what the fuck was that? What? Who is that? I need to go back in and save this. And he's like, bitch, what? He's the voice of reason. You got out. Yeah. You need to go and you need to not be here at night because she comes outside at night. You need to worry about you. That is the best advice that Tess gets through this entire film. (laughs) Apart from the white woman who was like, that's a badass neighborhood. You really shouldn't be staying there. Yeah. Tess doesn't listen. He also says, which is a little disturbing, she ain't even the worst thing that's in there. (laughs) Right. And we just sort of glide over there. And I'm just like, what the fuck else? (laughs) Big titty mouth ain't it? There's more? She's in there breastfeeding and booping noses. I don't know how to process that. Because that's not scary. She looks terrifying, but she's very caring nurt- and mother. She's nurturing. She's a motherly person. So I'm like, it's it's a it's cognitive dissonance. I don't know what to do with that. So Tess is like, I don't care what you say. I need to go find help for my friend. Yeah. So Tess is off. We go back to the basement. <laughs> Somehow AJ is able to get away from Big Titty Monster. I don't know. Right, because Big Titty Monster had followed. Oh, that's right. Had yes. followed Tess when she was escaping. Right. So now so, AJ has a chance. He's, yes. he's out in the tunnels trying to get away. So he gets up and he's exploring. He finds yet another room. <laughs> Opens the door to the room and there's like just shit and nastiness everywhere. And apparently it smells terrible because he's like covering yeah. his nose. And then... We see that there's a very old, very decaying <laughs> old man on the bed who, like, can't even talk. Mm-hmm. He's basically pointing to things. And he asks AJ for some water. AJ gets him some water. And then we look around the room and AJ sees that there's walls of, of videotapes with titles like, Won't Stop Crying, <laughs> No Teeth, Irish Accent, my favorite, Puker. Puker. Gas station redhead. Gas station redhead, which AJ pops in the VCR. Working VCR and TV. 40 years. I don't know why this bothers me so much. 40 years. And we don't see what's on the tape, but we hear a woman screaming yeah, and clearly the, in distress. These are obviously Frank's little torture porn tapes of the apparently dozens, dozens of, of women, women that, that he's he has had in his drug down there. over the years. Yeah. So we go back to Tess, <laughs> who has found her way to a gas station and a phone. She calls the cops. The cops get there. 
She's like, hey, I was abducted. I've been trapped in this house for I don't know how long. There's someone still there. They are in danger. Can you please come and help me? And the cop is first like, get your hands off my car. <laughs> and is then like, are you on crack, basically? Like, mm-hmm. what what is your deal? And not taking her seriously at all, no. which is a whole, like, the whole, like, not taking a black woman seriously who is clearly in distress and just assuming yep. that she is on drugs or somehow incapacitated and not believing them when they say someone is in danger and they, they need help. Yeah. They do take go back to the home house with her, but do nothing. They're just like, yeah, we're not. There's nothing here. This isn't your house. There isn't anything that we can do. And they leave. She breaks the window and, and gets into the house to grab her car keys. We're now back in the sub-basement with AJ. <laughs> The old man has now been digging around in this damn dresser drawer for like 20 minutes. And AJ's sort of just standing there waiting to see what he pulls out. Obviously yeah, I about to pull out a AJ fucking was, weapon. AJ was sort of assuming this was a this safe was a, situation. This was a good somehow, dude. I'm like. And that this was a guy. He's clearly help. down here by choice. Yeah. So something's not right. Yeah. And you just saw his fucking rape tape. And you're still <laughs> engaging in a conversation with this man. So this, we we realize that this old man is Frank from the 80s uh-huh. who had yeah. been abducting women and taking them down into the basement. Frank takes a gun out of the, the drawer and shoots himself in the head because AJ's like, the police are going to be here and right. we're going to like... So Frank is like, this is all my... This is it. Yeah. My empire is done. <laughs> I'm going to shoot myself. Now Tess, mm-hmm. who we saw her get in her car like she was going to drive away... Right. Does not drive away. Has changed her mind. Yes. In one of those questionable decisions so that we were talking decisions. about before. So the monster comes running out of the house because the harbinger told us she would do that. Yeah. Tess puts the car in drive and runs the monster over and sort of just rams her into the house so that she's pinned between the car and the house. The car won't start back up. So we of just sort not. of <laughs> sit there. And Tess walks away assuming that that big ass titty monster <laughs> that had done all this fucking damage is dead just by that. Like, she's obviously. I mean, dead. she looked dead. She was laying She looked the dead windshield. when she was she running around dead. flapping her titties. She always looks dead. That wasn't a change. The bitch looked dead all the time. She goes back downstairs <laughs> to try to save AJ. Uh huh. AJ has since grabbed the gun that the old man used to shoot himself and is running back through the tunnels. He assumes Tess is Big Titty Monster and shoots yeah, Tess. I, in I the saw stomach. that coming. And it's like, oh shit, my bad. Doesn't leave her there, thankfully. Sort of picks her up and, and takes her out of the basement. And she's like, I know where to go. And they go to the Harbinger's hideout, which is like some sort of water tower sort of situation or something. Yeah, something. And they're like, hey, what the fuck was that? Like, what is she? He's like, yeah, they've been living there for a while. <laughs> As if they're like just a weird family. Yeah, just part of the neighborhood. Just, like, yeah, yeah it's that weird family years. over there that like, like, what? this is not. <laughs> but apparently he has been abducting women for years. And as we said, the babies had babies with the babies who had babies with the babies. And we ended up with big titty. Which, monsters. okay, I, I have a question. I have a question here. Okay. Where, where are all the, the babies? I don't know. Why is there just this one. Big titty monster. Big titty monster down there. Did. Did they eat the other? Possibly. Where are all the bodies? Where are all the like? What what is the story here? I what happened? Know, to all I don't know. I mean, I, again, I would really appreciate a like geneticist or something <laughs> to help break this down for me. Okay, like how, I would imagine most of them wouldn't survive. Right, and Andre does say, you know, oh, you get a copy of a copy of a copy. Right, there. Forty years is not enough time to get that nine many, generations. Right, no. You're right about that piece. No. It's like no. It's not. 
So like that devolved real quick. <laughs> she she became one of the fucking things in the descent. Like not there. It didn't take a whole lot of time. Yeah, to that, get there. that that part is confusing. Which is either confusing or concerning that like we are that damn close to <laughs> becoming big titty monsters that just run around with rotting flesh on us. <laughs> She's so sweet. Okay. <laughs> So they're at the water tower, uh, the water tower place. Yeah, Andre says, "What the fuck happened to you?" Looking at Tess and Tess, and she doesn't say anything. And he was, and and you know, Andre's assuming that Big Titty Monster did that to her. And AJ's like, "No, that was me. Like I shot her." And Tess's like, "Well, it was a mistake." And then he has this whole like existential crisis bullshit where he's like, "I'm a good person that did a bad thing," and it's I half, can't undo what I did. Half talking I... about Tess and half talking about the woman that he raped right. back in California. So this is his. Can't realization about himself. I can just try and his fix acceptance it. of yeah, uh-huh. So here's the deal. Yeah. The monsters in this movie is not the big city monster. The monsters in this movie are white men. So let's always, just talk about always. This, That's right? what you're the first law of Nikia watching horror movies. It's is the that white dudes. Toxic white men are the, the monster. Not the big city monster. Yeah. She just wants a baby. <laughs> so then they're like, okay, well, how do we know we're gonna be safe here? And Andre's like, I've been living here for 15 years. <laughs> She's never she come never, in here. Boom, through the damn wall. <laughs> To pull his you arm bought off. you brought problems <laughs> to Andre. Andre's been living safe, yeah, the whole time. Saved your ass, mm-hmm. and you just brought this bitch. She comes up behind Andre, <laughs> like sumo flexes his ass up off the seat, rips his arm out of the socket, yeah. and then proceeds to beat him with, <laughs> with his, his own arm. <laughs> Strong bitch, yeah, she's... been living off mm-hmm. rancid, hairy titty milk. <laughs> And has the strength of Thor. I don't understand. No vitamins, no sunshine. She can't have been having vegetables. And she, well, How are you? Do we get fucked up teeth and get stronger at the same time in this evolution over 40 years of inbre- inbreeding? The teeth, the hair, the body, the titties, all that goes to shit. But you're super strong. I don't understand the science. And so I need someone to explain it to me. I don't get it. It's weird. Do we, is it like this progression into we come back to being a gorilla sort of thing? Like I just I don't know. I I hate that it happened to the black dude. Do you, do you remember the the little kid in Phenomena, mm-hmm. the one that you said looked like a melted thumb? That was Dick. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, he was he was also the monster. He was also the killer, and he was also like freakishly strong. And yes. Psycho, psychotic and homicidal. Yes. And he was like the the child of rape. And that was basically sort of the explanation there was that, you know, he was born of rape, so therefore he was Rape made him strong. Rape made him strong and crazy. And so I think I think the same logic applies here to the to the big titty monster. I think that's her strength comes from, you know, evil. Inbred. Ev- evil. In evil being inbred mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. into her somehow. I don't think that's science. <laughs> that's all I got. I just don't I don't the teeth were so bad. <laughs> it was a lot of gum. Was, and then like was a lot of, was those a lot shards of, of teeth. Yeah. I just you not have healthy nails. But I guess if it's the titty milk has calcium, I guess. <laughs> and vitamins. I don't anyway. Well, is she drinking her own titty milk? Well, what the fuck else are they eating? I feel like that's a that's like a closed system. <laughs> like you're not Well you can you're taking it out, you're putting it back in. It's like <laughs> eventually you're not getting any nutrition there. <laughs> You can't just. It's like Water World where he has to drink his own pee. (laughs) You gotta do what you gotta do. Anyway. This movie is ludicrous. (laughs) So they run away from Big City Monster. They run up the water tower. They run up the water tower. 
AJ is now, you know, he's he's determined to become a hero to make amends and to, to until save, his to life is in danger. Tess. Tess is struggling to climb up these stairs, and he's like, "Bitch, hurry up, because I'm leaving." She's like, "Wait for me." He's like, "No." It's... They get to the top of the water tower. She's at this point basically like on the floor because she's been shot in the fucking stomach by him, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, I could get away," and but you're gonna need to slow her down. <laughs> So he grabs Tess and flings her off the water tower without a fucking pause yeah. or thought. You're <laughs> so, absolutely a rapist. So sir. much for his redemption arc, and which was about ninety seconds long. Big titty monster <laughs> jumps off the water tower to save her baby. She does. She's a good mama. She's such a good mom. And so AJ looks over the edge of the water tower and you can see that Big Titty Monster was able to sort of position herself under Tess so that she was the one that hit the pavement and Tess yeah, landed on... we got some on... physics problems it's, there. We there's... got a whole bunch of fucking problems, okay? <laughs> so he goes down, he picks up the gun, goes down the water tower. <clears throat> Tess is still alive, amazingly. <laughs> and he's like, oh my God, you're still alive. I didn't let you go. You slipped off the water tower. That, that I wasn't. I could. I could. You. I'm saving you now, though. He's like you rewriting the narrative. He's gaslighting her. Shit. While she's lying there. But guess what? Big Titty Monster ain't dead. <laughs> she gets up, grabs AJ by the throat, pokes out both of his eyes, and it's all eye <laughs> goop dirty and fucking thumbs. shit coming out of his eyes, and then just rips his head apart like a fucking orange. It is the best. <laughs> Most satisfying death I have seen in a long, long time. <clears throat> it's wonderful. She looks back. She sees her baby is hurt. Tess, yes. Tess can't quite get up because she's in too much pain. And Big Titty Monster, every time Tess winces in pain, you can see that it's hurting Big Titty Monster that our baby's in pain. She's like, oh, my God. And she's like, papa, papa. <laughs> and pointing and saying, I want to go home and, like, trying to kiss her baby. And she's so fucking sweet. Tess grabs the gun. <laughs> And she's her mom. And Tess is like, I can't go. I can't, I can't go, go back. back. I can't go back here. <laughs> and Big Titty Monster's like stroking her face, like, oh my baby, my baby. Tess, boom, boom, Shoot just her in the head. The End a movie. <laughs> Booped her in the face with a bullet. <laughs> yeah. Just, I don't, I don't know what that was. To the great music cue, be my baby. Be my baby. <laughs> Very well done. Very good. A uh, little needle drop there. So I don't. I don't. I don't. What? 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 What were your questions? I have so many questions, and I'm also like, was it actually trying to say something about like gentrification and Me Too and all this shit and like the the sort of the fucking exploitative, extractive nature of Airbnb and like what the fuck does that mean and all this other shit? Like what the, the fuck? Decaying neighborhoods of Detroit, right? And, and like, but you have these Airbnbs like sort of dotted in these neighborhoods that have been totally disinvested. And what does that mean? And oh, now he's going to try to flip it. And oh, we're talking about this um, program in Detroit where they, you know, artists could buy properties for a dollar or get them for free just because we feel like artists are really sort of the the fucking engines of gentrification. And once the artists move in, oh, the the neighborhoods will flip and they will become revitalized. And there was recently an article I think in the Guardian about this white woman who got this house who was a writer. She got it for a dollar, and it actually still belong to a black woman and they just totally stole and it's just like what the fuck is it but is it not saying anything at all that's the thing it's like it could be saying all those I think, things i think it works on so many levels and not saying anything at all it could just be it's a big titty monster <laughs> it could just be saying that like are we talking about racism and like urban development are we talking about toxic masculinity or is it just a big titty monster 
Who's is it about white flight? D- white flight. So that's the thing. So right. Back so in back 80s, in the eighties, when Frank Frank's comes neighbor. home to his rape house, his neighbor's like, "Hey, just wanted to give you a heads up. We're moving before this neighborhood goes to hell." Yeah. And Frank is like, "I'm good. I'm going to stay here." Yeah, I'm going to because stay here. he's murdering women <laughs> and having the babies have sex with the babies. So uh, yeah, I don't know what to do with it. I don't know where to put it. Like I'm like, is it saying something serious or is it just ridiculous or can it be both? I mean, the perfect movie is both, right? Yeah. This one, I I would need I. We, we have not, again, had a lot of time no, to process. No, time to process. And well, here's the thing. This political is, themes of Barbarian. This isn't necessarily a movie I would even watch again because a lot of the enjoyment was yeah. you had no idea where it was going. Right. So it wouldn't even become something like, oh, this is going to go on the Halloween rotation. <laughs> it's like, okay, I, I watched that. Once, once you know the surprises right. that are coming. I don't know that it would still have the same. Yeah. I might watch it one more time just yeah. to like. Go into it knowing what's coming, mm-hmm. and then see mm-hmm. how how it reads differently. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a lot. It's a whole lot. <laughs> it's a whole lot. Yeah, I don't know what to do with it. But you think you liked it? I think I liked it. <laughs> I think I liked it. Was it scary? Was did it make you tense? Um, I wouldn't say it was scary. Okay. I mean, I feel like you were invested in what was happening. I was. It did keep me engaged. Yes. I was definitely engaged through the whole thing. I was, again, I was probably most scared of the men. I was most oh, yeah. scared of Frank. I was most scared of Skarsgård, even though Skarsgård ended up. Here's the thing. If Skarsgård had lived. He I, might have also revealed himself to be an asshole. He may have also revealed himself to be an asshole. Yeah, because that's, that's like, didn't he have like possible. Jane Eyre in his bag or some shit like that? Did, like, yes. Dude. Um. <laughs> Which, now that I think about that, that actually has significance, because Jane Eyre, there's a, the mad woman in the attic comes from Jane Eyre, that ah. the, Rochester's keeping his mad wife locked up, See? so that's, there's a little resonance there, I hadn't even thought of that. And AJ's a rapist and a gentrifier, so they're all, it's the men. Yeah, it's always the men. The cops are men, and they're fucking it's useless. It's white men. Like, it's fucking useless. Yeah. The only good man was Andre. And he got his arm ripped off. And he got his arm ripped off, and, and he was beating him with it. his arm. Andre didn't deserve that. <laughs> All right, we start. We started this conversation today talking about good decisions, bad decisions in horror movies. Do you want to? Do you want to grade the decision making here? So, I mean, Tess goes through some some phases. At the beginning, she's making some pretty good decisions. Again, she's locking doors. She's checking. Do you have a reservation? I'm going to take a picture of your license. Like, we're, I'm not going to drink shit that you. Yeah. Then she's become stupid, and way too invested in these men that she just met. Yeah. When she could have escaped a long time ago. Well, you kept saying, like, what are you going back for the rapist for? Right. But it's like, she doesn't, she didn't know. She didn't know, well, but she knew he's a, she, She'd I been mean, in the basement. She didn't hear the news stories about his, you know, sexual so you assault don't know, like, fuck him. Lawsuit. Let's move on. He wouldn't take the bottle. That's on him. So, <laughs> and then I think she gets smarter towards the end-ish. Yeah. She makes some better decisions. But yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's definitely like, but I think that's what this movie is sort of like, it's playing on a lot of the cliches of horror films. It's right. Like, you're going in the basement when the person doesn't answer you when you call out, you like, you, it's a whole thing. So yeah, I mean, that's part of the point was that these people were making bad choices. And mostly you felt bad for Big Titty Monster. Mostly, I, I my allegiance is with Big Titty Monster, <laughs> pretty much. She just wanted a baby to love. And again, I just, I don't, I don't know what. If she did, she must have had a baby. Like, where where are the baby? I don't know. I want to know what happened to the babies. I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know where the babies are. I don't know why. I don't know how the hell he was still alive down there. I don't. <laughs> Maybe we need a, a prequel. About how Big Titty Monster became Big Titty Monster? <laughs> the origin story the of Big Titty Monster? 
<laughs> Big Titty Monster, the early years. <laughs> the beginning. Big Titty Monster first. Anya Taylor-Joy they is were small. Big Titty Monster. Mm. Yes. Anything else to say about I, I mean, again, Barbarian? I don't know what else to say about this movie. I do recommend... I, I mean, I, I think it's fun. <laughs> well, nobody hasn't seen it's going to watch it now because we just told them the well, whole Well, yes, but yeah. But. <laughs> so... It's a it's an interesting experience. That's our show. We want to thank you for listening, and we hope you'll join us again for the next episode of The Unenthusiastic Critic. Nikia, the Halloween marathon is over, <laughs> but the podcast goes on. Does it? Despite our somewhat spotty track record, we are going to attempt to continue the podcast and not disappear for another year. Uh, but we are going back to a bi-weekly schedule for the foreseeable future, which means that our next episode will drop in the middle of November, and that means it's time for another of our annual traditions as Nikki and I celebrate say it with me. No. Noir of Ember. I hate that. I hate it. Noir Vember <laughs> is the month-long celebration of film noir. So awkward. Coined by professional film fanatic Maria Gates. And so in November, we always like to join in and watch at least one film noir. <laughs> this year, I've picked a neo-noir. Just barely a noir at all, really, honestly. This is an underrated gem from writer-director John Sayles. We're going to be watching Lone Star from 1996. Uh, it's a murder mystery set on a border town in Texas at the intersection of white, black, and Hispanic cultures. I love this movie. I happen to think it's one of the great films about America, quite mm. honestly. Okay. In the meantime, you can find us on the web at unaffiliatedcritic.com, where you can download earlier episodes, leave us a comment, or make a donation to support the show. You can also follow us on Twitter at Free Range Critic or send us an email at michael at unaffiliatedcritic.com. In any of these places, we encourage you to suggest a film Nakia desperately needs to see to make her life complete. Until next time, remember, true love means conning your partner into watching movies they really, really don't want to watch. Oh, I meant, I meant, I don't know what made me think of this. I meant to mention, what I, as I was going back through our old posts, I one of my favorite pieces of advice from you, and I think it's inarguable, mm -hmm. honestly. Uh, when we watched It, you said, don't talk to sewer clowns. I mean, in general. <laughs> Why is that even something we have to say? Anything in a sewer... <laughs> Probably not worth it. Don't have the conversation at all. Like that's something parents should teach their children. Just don't, Just don't talk to sewer don't clowns. You know, we're worried about fentanyl and candy. That's not the problem. <laughs> the problem is your kid is having a conversation with a sewer clown. <laughs> let's be. Let's talk about where the real violence is happening. <laughs> Nobody's putting drugs, fucking free drugs, in your candy. In your, in your Halloween candy. In your kids' no. candy. Drugs are expensive. <laughs> No, what's happening is your kid is getting snatched up by a scars guard who's hanging out in the sewer. <laughs> there should be scars guard campaigns. That's what you need. Every Halloween, watch out for the scars guards.